Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Wheeler, the podcast. The podcast by me, Wheeler. Today's episode is uh, a normal, normal episode. Nothing real big. I, uh, this is the this is a very lackluster intro I'm doing right now. You're kind of underselling your own show. It's a pretty good podcast, <laughs> and it's a pretty good piece of subject matter, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Today's topic, uh, going to be a couple topics, probably. It's not going to just be one thing, because, well, you probably could talk about talk about your topic for a good podcast worth. <laughs> oh, boy. So we're talking about Hotel Dusk, huh? Yeah. So where do you want to dive in on that? Because it's uh, it's a big small game like it happens all in one building and it's still like the biggest game i've ever played <laughs> yeah like i all i know about hotel dusk is what i is the memes you have posted <laughs> and like uh what uh i remember like uh probably g4 or something about it oh wow it a review probably <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, G4 Tech TV's good old uh, Hotel Dusk review with Adam Sessler, probably. Uh, wow, I can't even find a video of that on the internet. <laughs> so much of G4 is just lost. Oh my god, tell me about it. That's a, that's its own podcast. Like I would gladly deep dive on dead channels like G4. Okay, I'm not. We're not going to stick on this topic, but. Something I remember from watching G4 that I can never find like imagery of, and oh it, was like, it was a stupid joke. It was like some something of death, and it was just like a spike in a chair. I'm trying. Was it animated like mostly in black and white? No, it was just a. It was like a joke, a prop joke. I don't know. Oh, okay. Hmm. I There's thought. Some, I thought I had that one, but no. Okay, Hotel Dusk. Yeah, I want to know where we should dive in on that. Uh, it's got a it's got a really tight cast to like ten characters, uh, and these are real people. And I don't mean like you could meet them in real life. I mean so much writing has gone into them that I feel like I know them now. It's incredible. Like, uh, <clears throat> I guess actually, let's back up a step and start with the hotel. Uh, and you stop me at any point and ask me any questions you want. But uh, yeah. I'm going to read this blurb about uh, where we kind of start. It says, Hotel Dusk is a hotel located in Los Angeles, California. It's owned by Dunning Smith, and he has a no-nonsense attitude towards owning it. It has three employees total. Uh, Louis Donano, uh, who's a bellhop. Dunning, who's the owner and the manager. And Rosa, who is the chef and janitor. Um Chef and so Janet, that's, that's a bit that's a bit much for one person. Rosa spends the whole game telling you how busy she is. <laughs> so this game's going for some realism. It, and it's not her fault. The bellhop Louie is supposed to do half the chores, but he's like kind of a dipshit and only really cares about running the bar, which he only does for like two hours a night. And the rest of the time, he's, like, jacking off in the laundry room. And you think I'm kidding. <laughs> the first time we meet him, 
we bump into him in a utility room and we steal the porn that he was fawning over. <laughs> Hotel Dusk, I don't know what its ESRB rating is. I believe it might be T, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was M. It's like the most mature game I've ever played. Not in terms of content, just in terms of like subject matter. Yeah. Well, it's a thoughtfully constructed game. You start out, you're, you're Kyle Hyde, who... I love Kyle Hyde. He's the only man I respect in fiction. Um, he he's in he's kind of always in pursuit of his former cop buddy, and that's something to know. He used to be on the NYPD. He got fired from being a cop uh, because of some drama, which comes up later. Uh, so he's searching after Bradley, and he's like thirty three years old, and he. He's 33 in the year 1979, so he was born in 46. Uh, so he's kind of old-fashioned, kind of grumpy. Uh, but even even if he's a little disillusioned, he's super charming. Uh, he just has a way of getting along with people. And that's actually kind of the goal of the game uh, by the end, is to, uh, whether you know it or not, you'll end up being everyone's friend, and that feels kind of good. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking a lot, but that's podcasting for you. <laughs> so the first character you run into is uh, Dunning Smith. And he's, uh, he's this big guy. Uh, he's he's 49 years old. He wears suspenders over a white t-shirt. Uh, and he gives you more game overs than anything. Because uh, you can just accidentally show him some pliers that you stole from the supply closet. And he will be like, oh, you're stealing from me. Get out of my hotel. Uh, I, mm. At one point in the game, someone leaves twenty thousand uh, dollars in a bag in your toilet tank, and you have the option of just walking around with that money in your pocket for a while. And you need change for the vending machine. And if you show it to him, uh, he throws you out of the hotel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mm. He's a he's a pretty perceptive guy, and he is he's kind of like one of the wall masters from Zelda. There are so many things if you do near him that cause you to be thrown out of his hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very complex game. That's why I'm having trouble cracking the ice here. But uh, everyone is connected, whether they know it or not, by an art smuggling ring called Nile. Um, and sometimes their connection is really loose. Like, oh, my dad is a lawyer for someone being represented from the gang because uh, my dad will fight for the bad guys and I hate him. Uh, that's one of the characters' big sort of tipping points. Or it could be like, oh, my friend was married to someone who like started the gang and she sent me critical evidence, but I have no connection to it. And like everyone arrived by coincidence, it seems like, but they all have something to do with it, whether they know it or not. And it's so cool to find out how they got involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's a child in the game and I want to spend some time on her just because she rules. Uh, her name's Melissa. She's 10. Uh, her dad spends 80% of the game sucking while you become her new dad for a while. Uh, you, you give her a Christmas present. There's a very sweet chapter where she's like, my dad didn't even celebrate Christmas. 
So you talk to Rosa and she says, we packed up the Christmas tree. The game takes place on November, uh, December 28th. Uh, and she's like, the Christmas tree is in the storage room. Go set it up for that kid. I don't mind. So you actually put together a Christmas tree for a child. Uh, and it's it's very sweet. It's a very sentimental game. Uh, there's so much digging we could do, but uh, I don't know where to turn. I'm just picking my favorites right now, and I'm lost. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, was just about to, I was about to ask about the anime-looking girl. Anime-looking girl. Oh, boy. Um, the one that stands out a bit as more anime-ish than... Ah, the one with the choker, Mila? Yeah. Okay, so Mila can't talk when you meet her. Uh, she's an interesting person. Uh, we eventually find out. She actually uh, carries over into the the sequel, which I'll be streaming after I get a job. I've got a couple interviews this week. Hell yeah. Mila gets found on the side of the road uh, by a young man who only really has any interest in her because she's a young 20-year-old girl who's wearing, like, a dress. And he's like, oh, Ooga, I'm 19. Uh, so he hops, uh, he gets her to hop into his Camaro, and he takes her to Hotel Dusk, and he finds out she can't talk, so he just leaves her in the lobby. Like... It's like, oh, you don't want to talk to me? You can hang out in this hotel lobby. I'm going to my room that I paid for for $40. Uh, she's, everyone else is older than her, uh, except for, like, the actual child, Melissa. Uh, mm-hmm. So she really only looks the most anime because she has the least lines on her face. Because they really, like, commit to demonstrating that it's a bunch of grown folks in this game. If someone in their late 20s, then they're going to look like they're a little more tired than someone who just turned 20. Uh, yeah. And and I gotta tell you, um, the way they do uh, character ages in this game, it's the oldest cast I've played in a really long time. Uh, like, everyone is between 30 and 50, except for, like, two standout characters. And it's it's kind of refreshing. It's it's like a, like a TV crime drama almost. Uh, but yeah, Mila's she doesn't act more anime. Uh, she she has a little head trauma and she recovers from it uh, after kind of a, an event which triggers her trauma and it's handled very realistically. Um, <laughs> I feel really bad for her. Uh, in that she's kind of read externally as the anime character, because, I mean, <laughs> you kind of end up being her dad, not to spoil the game, but, like, Kyle Hyde is at least two strangers' dads. Uh, okay, this is an important question. Mm-hmm. Is Kyle Hyde uh, a cab? Yes or no? <laughs> So we decided this on the stream. <laughs> yeah. He, did. he got fired from being a cop. So laws no longer apply to him. So he's like the perfect anti-fascist, actually. <laughs> he's immune to all law. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, it would have been more of a bummer of a game if he like had a badge to invoke the whole time but the fact that he's a sort of a fired cop and like he's not fired for the kind of thing that cops get like paid vacations for now like it's 
it's nice. It's a realistic take on, you know, something that might have happened in 1979. And boy, is this game obsessed with its realism. You know, I believed for the first like 10 hours of playing, I was eventually going to see a ghost. I thought Milo was a ghost. (laughs) My whole thing was, oh my God, this girl's dead for sure. This is a highway ghost and everyone's just pretending to see her or something, but there's no ghost. (laughs) There's nothing supernatural in this game. It's not what I expected at all. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anything's supernatural in the next one, but uh, I kind of hope not. Like, I, I want another crime drama. This makes me want a whole, like, video game genre to come out of it. But it's that window has passed. It's not going to happen, I think. Yeah, like, I've, I've seen a lot of people who really like Hotel Dusk. And it's definitely, like, other than the art style and that, the and the overall place, I would say it. It definitely has, I definitely see the appeal and everything about it. I, I tell you what, I, I'm glad I emulated it because my only DS that's mine anymore is uh, a 3DS XL. And you have to hold it like a book. <laughs> now, I'm not yeah. sure if you've held your 3DS lately, but those things weigh 28 pounds. <laughs> uh, so you get that vertical and soon enough your thumb is trying to pop off your body and that's kind of uh kind of an experience i don't think the creators intended yeah yeah i was about to say about the the verticalness of it yeah it just it's very very unique yeah i've least. read uh, i've read reviews when people were like fawning over it like this game is an achievement in using a hundred percent of the DS's capabilities, and that's true. Uh, you've got like sort of PS one graphics on one screen, and on the other screen, you've got touch controls and contextual menus and stuff. It's it's a smartly constructed game. Uh, but if they were going to translate that to say the Switch or something, I thought about this on stream. I uh the only way to kind of keep that limitation would be like tank controls. It would have to control like resident evil or something. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Fix camera angles. I can see that. Unless, unless you wanted to do like go full classic point and click with it, which I don't think that'll really work really for a modern actual. I mean, I played, I played a point and click for about 10 hours yesterday. Um, cause the West of Loathing, um, DLC came out. So it's not like the genre is gone, but, uh, I think this game would ask for a little bit more than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, about to say something. Uh, I'll tell you what, that, uh, that stream was hard on my throat. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't really talk on a stream at all. So, uh. That's... I did voices for every character. Oh, that's the, that was your problem. <laughs> well, I had to. I'm not just going to let people like read text for themselves on screen. Uh, that's that's a lot of work in a game that's a hundred percent words on the screen. Uh, so everyone, everyone who could have a voice, I gave a voice, and that hurt a whole lot, especially for that last five hour stream. Uh, the one that got the most practice, the most play, was Louie. 
who was uh he's the guy we find with the porn <laughs> and he's oh. kind of a yeah what's up yeah <clears throat> i i tried to pop into your stream near the end but i was in a place with bad connection and my oh. um, and my immediate thought was oh is this going to be the scene with the line <laughs> The line? Oh, I found myself a paper clip, or which one? The 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 one the one that's quoted the most. Uh, little girls don't interest me, Louis. Yeah, uh, yeah. That uh, that actually <clears throat> came in pretty early into the game. It's uh, Louis has a big crush on Mila. He's like, "Hey, Hyde, uh, you see that new hot girl?" And uh, Hyde is like. Well, I'm 13 years her senior, so no, she's invisible to me. Uh, yeah. uh, it's cool to know that the uh, young starlet on the cover of Louis's porn is actually in the hotel. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> she's a guest, and uh, her name is Iris, and she's really cool. I actually like her a lot. Uh, her mm-hmm. occupation is listed as actress, and I want to put gigantic quotation marks around that. Actress. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and there's one other lady character who I love to death. Her name is Rachel, and she's just Bayonetta. She's just Bayonetta. <laughs> she I'm, even I'm... has the beauty mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, uh, she's she's blonde in the official art, but in game she's often rendered black and white or with muted colors, and it's she's just Bayonetta, and she she calls you sweetheart and helps you on the phone all the time. <laughs> oh, it's such a good game. There's a there's a part at the end. It's the most dangerous part, and it's the most stressed out I've ever felt while playing a video game. It's tension like nothing else. Um. So you go down into a secret basement under the hotel and you open this bolted door and then someone bolts it behind you. And you might think, oh, no big deal. But you have limited oxygen in that room. And every time you interact with stuff, your oxygen just goes down a little and there's no meter. You can't suss it out with numbers. You just have to be very careful the whole time. And... Oh, I near about had a heart attack just getting through it. Because you, you have to read a couple of books, open up a uh, toolbox, and use what you find in the room to hack a computer you've never seen before in 1979. I, yeah, I'm about to say, a 1979 computer. It looks like a suitcase, and it's got like a tiny little like screen the size of a smartphone, and an alphabetical keyboard like the letters go A to Z. Oh, <laughs> and it has uh, a it, it has a little wheel at the top for like you flip through numbers on this wheel, and it turns out you have to put the wheel on the right number so that when you type a certain combination of letters into the keyboard, it goes through that number's cipher and spits out a code. So it's crazy to look at and even crazier to operate. And doing that while you're about to die from not being able to breathe is a great final boss. (laughs) But yeah, you spend most of the game just breaking into people's hotel rooms, like, all the time. (laughs) And very, very much in uh, RPG. Uh, 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 yeah. 
where it's like very much standard, like point and click, find what you need, adventure type. Kind of, but there are twists. Uh, all the rooms are locked. That's twist number one. You are constantly given the time of day. Sometimes people won't be in their rooms. Sometimes they have to knock. Uh, and sometimes they're mad at you. So they may just not open it. And also, you have to put things back where you found them. Uh, there's a part in the game where you steal some pliers. And if you don't put them back, someone will find the pliers on you later and throw you out of the hotel. Bet you can guess who does that. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you kind of have to navigate this RPG world with real human-like behavior. And it takes a while to adapt to that if you're used to, like, Zelda. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I heard a little, yeah. Hmm? Oh, my cat. Yeah, yeah, I already fed him. He's <laughs> He's here. It's always nice to have another guest on the podcast. Yeah, he's losing his shit over nothing. Um, that's just his way. But uh, listen, it's nice. It's interesting having all those mechanics in like one thing, like visual novel elements with the time of day and specific time like that, and the puzzle stuff and all that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. You know, I wanted to get into like visual novels like after this, but I think my problem's gonna be like I basically just watched a crime drama and visual novels kinda wanna involve me in anime and I don't <laughs> know that I'm ready for that. Yeah. Uh, and, and most of them are are not they're interesting to say the least, but they're not what's they're the not word? This. <laughs> oh, there's a Reddit man in the game, if that helps with this conversation. <laughs> Most visual, a lot of visual novels, especially the more popular ones, probably aren't the safest. Yeah, I I don't think I need to go on like Enpai's quest for titty, uh, right after Hotel Dust. That's yeah. not really my jam. Yeah, you need to play a few. You need to play the the prequel game, then the next, and then the first game, then the sequel, sequel, then the sequel, and then yeah. Oh, I see you've played Kingdom Hearts 3 as well, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was never going to live up to 15 years of hype, was it? It, it, it was all right. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm deep into the lower Kingdom Hearts without being deep into Kingdom Hearts, so I'm, I'm a safe distance away for absorbing uh, it. I'm like the best kind of opposite. You know what my first Kingdom Hearts game was? What? It was Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay, same. (laughs) And the thing is, I never, ever went back and played 1. I haven't finished 3, and I probably won't, because I've just been watching Let's Plays, and I'm getting bored. Uh, And I'm not going to play any of the supplementary games, so everything I know about Kingdom Hearts, including my opinion that Roxas is a better protagonist, all come from 2. Yeah. (laughs) I wish the best friends had at least finished the Kingdom Hearts playthrough. Oh, so, <laughs> that I would think be they, just... I think they did that on purpose. Like they knew the channel was ending, <laughs> and they were like, "Kingdom Hearts playthroughs kill channels. Let's just do it for tradition." And then they never got out of like the first island. I think the last I saw was Willie like catching coconuts. They okay. They got far, but the thing is, 
thing about that game is you always everyone gets stuck at the Tarzan part of that. Which the Tarzan part? Yes, yeah, so the Tarzan world. And there's a lot of have backtracking, whatever, and doesn't guide you very well. So people uh-huh. always get stuck on it. And they got past that. I don't remember where they stopped, but it was nowhere near plot, I remember. That's tragic. <laughs> I miss that channel, but Willie's really pulling it through, huh? Yeah. yeah. I guess, okay. Not to be rude to the other channels, but I'd say Willie's the, ch- the only channel I have really, I'm really, ca- really with. Yeah, same. I, uh, I'm subscribed to all of them, but. Pat doesn't make real videos, and I just wait for Matt to post what happened, and that's all I really watch. The Cramptina critiques are fun. <laughs> yeah, I like Cramptina critiques. The one for JoJo was unthinkably good. I sat and watched the whole four hours of it or whatever, like, in a row. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about Cramptina critiques. They're, like, hours long, which is necessary, but also a lot. Ah. Uh. My cat is just here. He wants attention. He says, hi, Wheeler. I'm Benson. Hey, Benson. Now he's fucked off. <laughs> uh, so what's next on the docket? What do we got? Uh, what, what, was, what did I say? <laughs> oh, other video game stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of video games right now. I know. Let's not focus on the now. Okay. It's, it's too much now. <laughs> Let's focus on the the din, the video games. All right, where you want to start? Just tell me, just tell me about a video game you like that the problem that people aren't completely fond over. Oh boy, I have a few of those. <laughs> uh, tell you what, while I crack open my Steam library here and find out. Uh, do you want um, me to tell you tell about mine? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going for. Okay. Mine is a very simple, not simple at all, very simple PS2 game called Steambot Chronicles. Ooh, tell me more. Okay. The plot, if I remember right, is you rush up on the shore, you're some blonde anime boy, and... You're discovered by a girl and named Coriander, and I I'm ignoring the plot right now because okay, most of it you spend riding around a robot and fighting other robots. I see. And the rest and the other parts you spend either playing rhythm games for money. Playing music really means for money, or dating characters. Technically, I go. This is not what I expected from this title. It's a lot. It's. I'm gonna give you. Also, there's a billiards mini game. There's a lot of mini games. The whole thing. There's a whole stock exchange thing. There's uh, fossil digging happening. It's. It's the most, the main part is you going around in a robot and finding out to see what happened to, uh, find out about this evil organization and the whole 
evil backstory of the main guy behind the organization and how Coriander and her friends all connect to it. I see. And how you and your secret history. This is a lot. Like, I'm digesting it, and it's it's just a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Also, the the songs are really good. Uh, You know No More Heroes enough, right? Yeah, I've watched a couple playthroughs, and I think I owned it at some point. Don't know where that is. Uh, You know the song uh, Philistine? Yes. Yes, I do. The singer of that song, apparently, is the one that sings all the songs in Steambot Chronicles. Damn, get that money. It's it, it's a day. The songs in Steambot Chronicles are much more vocal and actual songs than that, but it's really nice. Yeah, that's really cool. That's I bet it's a dope soundtrack. About the music minigames, because... I didn't say this, but every instrument in the game has a different mini game with it. It's mostly like the standard you press a button, stuff like that. But sometimes it's like, oh, twirl the R stick or the left stick for I don't know, a tuba or something. Oh and boy, that's wow. Yeah. It's it's I don't think a lot of people know about it because I it's because more people would know about a robot fighting game with rhythm elements and lumber sailing and fossil sailing and stock stuff and <laughs> sounds like there's everything in this game. I'm looking at the arc for it, and looks like the gameplay involves sort of piloting a like an upright John Deere lawnmower around. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's what they look like. I can always also like mod the robots for different Ooh. like different functionalities like mining or speed or stuff like that. I assume the girl with the microphone uh is involved in these like singing and music mini games quite a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, the main uh flow of the plot really is you joining uh Coriander's band. Oh. Which She's the lead vocalist, and just you learn join their band, and then traveling with them. It's a game about piloting a car robot and joining a band. This is dope. This is the best game I've ever heard of. Yeah, and the the RPG elements of it are, are really the whole the story. It is it's like it's really a lot at points, especially the big twist of it. Oh boy. It's a, it's a big twist. They're like, oh, oh, it's oh. And, a, and a very like justified villain, which is with every game, every RPG needs. Oh, I said I've been browsing my list here, and I think I've picked one out. So I'm pretty excited because I forgot I owned it. <clears throat> um, uh, the mechs are called Trotmobiles. Trotmobiles. Yes. Okay. That's terrible. I love it. Yeah. I I do like, uh, I saw some art of them, and they have, like, a bunch of headlights, and they kind of look like a Jeep with legs. So, I'm pretty into the design, even if I'm picking on it. I don't know what time period it's in, but it's set pretty kind of far back, which is weird because of the whole 
mech stuff. Well, looking at it, it actually kind of reminds me of uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, which is uh, my MMO of choice, and my fancy pants bard samurai character there has a smartphone. So maybe maybe time doesn't matter is kind of the feeling, I guess. Yeah, like, there's a whole plot where you help a theater start up, and it's a theater theater, and you have to, oh, they have to actually, like, get the film to them. And Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and it's like a big deal theater, like, oh, hey, they have a theater. and Like a movie theater? Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, like, obviously there's no cars, <laughs> just, just these mix instead i guess that's... well there are there's trains the trains okay thank goodness because i feel like these mechs are not as efficient as cars like wheels are good for a reason they they, they can they can get they can work enough Here, <clears throat> here's my car that jumps like okay oh god i forgot the whole car. there's a, a lot of sub stuff like not the planting mini game, but like a lot of like, oh, buy these materials from this person and then oh, sell them to another person for profit. And yeah, a lot, there's a lot of this mini game stuff. That's yeah. I think I think I think I've wrapped that up. <laughs> I I don't know how good PS2 emulation is. I hear it's better than it used to be, but. Uh... I might just have to give myself a copy somehow and really dive in. This sounds super good. Yeah. It was... I remember hearing that it was, like, supposed to get a... Looking that it was supposed to get a sequel, but, like, it was uh, a bad time. Oh, that's something our games have in common, then. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's... Yeah. Some games just don't get to make it when they obviously should. And, oh boy, is that thread ever present in uh, D4, Dark Dreams Don't Die by Sweary65. <laughs> oh, Sweary. Sweary, I'm, this is not exaggeration. He's my favorite creator in video games right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, J.J. Maxfield and The Missing, that's... Oh, I could talk for weeks about that game, but this is about D4, the spiritual successor to Deadly Premonition. Uh, it was supposed to be episodic because Swery doesn't have any fucking money, uh, but they only ever made one episode because we simply could not buy enough of the video game to fund the next part. <laughs> yeah. I love this game. Uh, I love that... Uh, it has sort of a built-in replayability because you'll go through a mission and there, I don't believe there are multiple ways to complete it, but there's added context you get on every completion from more stuff you find. So you'll go back to your kind of hub apartment and like dig through the cool collectibles you got. And suddenly, you know, more about the case and in, in the theme of detective games. I mean, I love that in hotel dusk and I love that here in D4. Uh, unfortunately, the whole internet forgot about T4, uh, about a week after it launched, and also when it launched. Yeah, I, I, Swery's games, 
I feel appeal to a specific audience. What is that audience, though? What do you? <laughs> I don't know. The... <laughs> you're you're right, but yeah, it it's a lot. I would say like Suda, but Suda's found an audience with <laughs> with the he- no more hero stuff. Oh. Didn't Suda also make that game where you're a dude in a suit? It's something about the moon. Oh yeah, Killer. Killer's Killer's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mentally got that confused. Killer Seven, which I think is a different game. That Suda also made. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Oh, okay. Basically the same thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but. D4 in particular stars uh, David Young, whose wife has been moited. Uh, so <laughs> every every he is from he is from Boston, so she has been moited. Uh, <laughs> can only deal. <sighs> you would have been losing your mind on the stream. I had to do this for so long that I'm good at it now. Uh, so. If you've played Deadly Premonition, uh, there's a terrible man named Forrest Kaysen, uh, and he's your neighbor who comes over to your house and sort of, like, yells at you about the right way to eat a pizza and, like, gently provokes you into doing investigation instead of just eating. Uh, there, There's this... It's the level of human interaction I like uh, in games. But there's a certain alienness to it that comes with all the sweary titles, just about. And that that's really what I think of sweary. I feel like he's an alien attempting to be Suda. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that's for somebody. That's for me. An uh, alien An alien that saw Twin Peaks once. Uh, <laughs> he swears he's never seen it. And even though he's lying, and even though I'm saying he's lying, I believe him. <clears throat> so D4 was uh, the first attempt at White Owls to make something. White Owls is Swery Studio, just like uh, Kojima has Koji Pro now, uh, except Koji Pro isn't broke. Um, like every game on Earth uh, that Swery has made, it got super, like, middle of the road reviews most of the places gave it a seven but destructoid gave it a 10 or a nine out of 10 Hmm. so people really really did like this game uh and it's super stylish uh not in like a devil may cry kind of way but in like a menus and visuals kind of way uh it presents itself to you with like cell shading but it's thinner shell cell shading than borderlands uh it actually kind of looks like someone stretched cell shading over any sort of unreal game so not great but at least it's interesting uh and i want to send you a picture just in case you forgot because you speak to an artist at one point in the game and that artist um looks like this and the character design is consistently this good oh oh you forgot My mind, my mind immediately went to the cat girl, um, for everything about this game. So I f- <laughs> forgot about the artist. Yeah, and his dummy. I forgot about the cat girl, but she looks pretty bad. 
just, just a cat and also a girl. Like, if I can say anything about this game that is uh, that runs contrary to my love for it, it's that almost every character is fucking hideous. David has some of the worst hair on Earth. He doesn't look like a detective. He looks like he looks like every guy named Joel I ever went to high school with. <clears throat> it's uh, but it's it's charming and there's collecting gameplay and it was actually supposed to be a uh, what do they even call that thing? The the motion controls for the uh, expo of uh, the Xbone like uh, a connect game. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> was it? Was it just the Connect? Because this came out on Xbone first, and you were just supposed to do the prompts with your hands, I believe. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like the Connect died soon after the Xbox existed. Xbox One existed, so yeah, they tried to bundle them together super tightly. But unless you're playing like Just Dance, I'm Han Solo, uh, <laughs> then then you're not going to uh, want it. Uh, so it actually plays best on PC because you can do all the prompts with like mouse and keyboard and you can just drag your mouse across the screen uh, instead of waggling your arms at the TV so big win for PC gamers <laughs> he's basically moody blues for the judge yeah. fans out there <laughs> I haven't even talked about his stand uh, <laughs> so it's an autonomous stand E-rank in power um <laughs> And it only activates when he touches a a real clue. So he's got an edge on every other detective on Earth because he could just rub his hands over everything until it works. Um, but he'll he'll touch something conspicuous and he'll jump back in time to I guess the moment before it came relevant. It became relevant, and he can sort of navigate in that space. And the space is an airplane for the first chapter and only chapter. And there are nothing but weirdos on this plane. So you touch something in your bathroom and you start out, I believe, in the plane bathroom with a similarly broken mirror, something like that. It's It's been a while, obviously. Uh, but I I never really figured out if he was interacting directly with the past or if he was like in his own memories or if it was real time travel, which... I mean, make your own theories, that's fun, but it could mean all sorts of different things. Uh, it's such a weird game. Uh, but Swery's games are among my favorites. I've played the, I've played absolutely end-to-end every bit of uh, Deadly Premonition, and it's a winner every time. <laughs> you know what? I should have I picked another game, because I'm looking through my Steam list, and there's so much neglect here, it's it's kind of incredible. Like, uh, oh my god. What is, uh, fucking blocks that matter? Uh, all these games, like, I think they all came from a Steam sale event years ago. Yeah. Where they were like, buy all of these terrible games and you'll get points toward an ARG we're not going to complete. And it's like, uh, okay. <sighs> you know what was a good game? What? The Bouncer. The Bouncer? Tell me more. I don't think I've ever played it. You don't know about The Bouncer? <laughs> I I know about Bouncer by Studio Killers because I'm gay, but I don't know about The Bouncer game. Let me tell you about The Bouncer. 
the game by Square Enix. Really? They made a game called The Bouncer? Yes. Uh, okay. Circa 2000, I feel. I'm, I'm looking up now, and I'm seeing a Bouncer movie from 2018. That's not it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I typed in The Bouncer Square Enix, and it, it's, it's adult Sora. That's what a lot of people take away from, from his design. This guy's supposed to be a bouncer? Not just him. Him and his two two buddies, uh, Vault and Co. Vault and Co. Okay, it's a beat-em-up, it looks like. Good. I assume you played a lot of this. <laughs> I, I played through it once, which was not enough, actually, I think, because there's... I've learning I've learned more about this as of after, in the future times of now. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's okay, it's so just a beat 'em up basically. You have a RPG style leveling up system where you learn new attacks and all. The story the story is, is where it gets wild. I feel like this is I I'm looking at screenshots and I wish the best friends had played this. It seems like it's up their alley. I feel like if I feel like if it lasted like one more month, this would have been a video that they would have uh, had up. <laughs> couldn't they have done this instead of Final Fight Streetwise? Maybe it would have helped. I, I, I didn't hate Streetwise. <laughs> okay. You're the only person. Okay. The story is that you are a bouncer. You, the three of you are bouncers. And oh 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 okay now I know Matt played the bouncer. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. I know what I'm watching later. Okay, the story is you three are bouncers for this club bar. This bar called Dog Street. Yeah, Dog Street. Dog Street. And among the. I don't know what she does. I don't have no idea what she does. One of the people there is a girl named Sion, who I guess just appeared one day. No, 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 no. Sion's the guy. I'm thinking of Dominic. Dominic. A girl named Dominic. There's a guy named Volt Kruger in this game. He looks exactly how a person named Volt Kruger should look. He looks like Vulcan from Metal Gear, but with horns and a biker jacket. Yeah, he's great. Okay, there's a girl at the bar named Dominic who works. She's adopted, so she disappeared one day. I, okay. I don't. I forget the full story. But one day ninjas appear. <laughs> one day ninjas. Okay, ninjas and in they, the bar. And they invade the bar. And they destroy and then they kidnap Dominic. And then you and the, the all three of you go after her. And then that leads to a big bunch of beat em up section, whatever. Eventually leads to the revelation that Dominic is actually a robot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a robot clone made of uh, the big bad. Uh, I don't. Is his name Dragon? Of Dragon. This is stressing out my cat. <laughs> yeah, she's a clone of a girl that died. 
Oh my god. I I don't want to cut you off, but I'm looking at art. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Oh yeah, his name is Doragon. Doragon. Oh my god. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) I I like this game, but it's so bad. I'm I'm in love with Dominique's coat. It's just got Dog Street written in the pirate font on the sleeves. Yeah, okay. that's incredible. Okay, his her her brother, her brother Dorian. After a successful attempt on Master Mikado's life, he didn't. Okay, he runs the big bad group and built a satellite. Under uh-huh. under the guise of next generation energy. Oh my god. Oh, and that's when they he made the the android clone of his sister who died of illness. Vague mm-hmm. anime illness. Anime sister disease? Yes. <laughs> and okay. Da da da. Okay, she learned that. She was going to be used for a satellite laser, apparently. Oh, that's... You hate to go that way, huh? <laughs> hate that when that happens to good people. Okay. Okay, they... Okay, they fight... He fights all of his... His, uh... His mentor? Okay. Then there's a spaceship? This game goes places I didn't expect. Okay, spaceship, and he uses Dominic to activate the salad cannon and and destroy this hospital that that wouldn't take her in. You're using a satellite cannon to blow up a hospital full of sick people. Hey, they that hospital wouldn't take them in. It's revenge. <laughs> it's a hospital. People are in there. What revenge? If you're in there because you got like pneumonia, you're gonna get hit with the laser. That's not cool. This is that's most of it. That's most of the story, but it's a lot. Ko's whole deal is he's a cop. Ko is a cop. A secret cop. This is the ugliest man on earth. He has tribal forehead tattoos. (laughs) Ko's not great. Ko sucks. Oh, wait, no, the the club is called Fate. Of course it is. The, the place is called Dog Street. <laughs> Can't believe it's called Dog Street. That's so good. Uh, How I, many I of these I'm... designs? They, they've all been recycled into Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> the, the bad guy is dressed like Organization 13 with worse shoes. Oh, don't. <laughs> now we're figuring out the spoilers of... <laughs> Of uh, Kingdom Hearts Four. Oh, yeah. you know, you know the kid from, <laughs> you know the kid from Kingdom Hearts, Hearts Two, uh, Hater. Hater. Say again. Uh, from Kingdom Hearts Two. Is that the the sort of chubbier kid? Yeah, I'm trying to find. No, no, no. Uh, which one? No, oh, he's Pence. Pence. That's the one. Ah. Uh, you know what his his shirt says? Oh boy, tell me. Dog Street. Dog Street. <laughs> I can't believe he's wearing a Dog Street shirt. <laughs> I, I think no. I've said, I think I've said all I can about the bouncer. 
Nobody bought this game, but Dog Street's in in <laughs> Kingdom Hearts forever. It is. It's, oh, of course it's Nomura. Yeah, same artist. Uh, I have one last game, or at least Go one ahead. next game. Go uh, ahead. So I'm bringing this up mostly because I got it for free and didn't approve of it. And only recently I watched a video. You know how they have those videos on YouTube? Like, here's the most efficient Minecraft cactus farm. It has 10,000 cacti per minute. Yeah. Uh, someone said you can make $50,000 a day in prison architects by not opening a prison. <laughs> uh, and so that's, that's true, uh, is what I learned. And it kind of gives me a new appreciation for the game because I hate the premise, but I love the idea that you can take this game as a sandbox and create a different sim. Because there is no goal. It's just eventually you're alleged to be running a prison. Uh, but in the video, they're like, so trees naturally occur in the environment, and we're going to start cutting them down. And they end up with a gigantic forestry operation instead of a prison. And I, it just makes me think, like, what else could I do? Could I build a castle? The the game is, it's about as dark as a game about prison would be under normal circumstances. But it, it has so much granularity to it now that I'm fascinated to reinstall it and be like, okay, I've played 11 minutes of a game I hated why not let's play an hour of this totally different play style? And I kind of love any game that'll let me do that. Like uh, I played as a pacifist in World of Warcraft for a while because you can still level up that way. And I got to level 30 just by picking flowers. Yeah. And this is the same concept just about. And I'm super excited at the idea of it, just just to dig into something. Um and Sims can be hard to dig into, especially if you like have a goal, like I'm going to play City Skylines and I'm going to build a really effective city. It's hard, uh, especially if you're not organization minded and you're not, you know, sort of going to build out strategies and learn how everything works. Yeah, uh, not, yeah if you're not going for like, oh, max efficiency, no resources race, no resources wasted, just doing everything perfect. Yeah, and I feel like in a game like Prison Architect, if you start out of the gate with your goal being something deeply imperfect, like I'm going to I'm going to not build a prison in this prison game, suddenly you're free. And suddenly you can do anything you want with that game's tools. And that's kind of what I want out of most sandbox games. Like uh like give me everything I can get and then throw variety at that and like toy with my expectations, which not not toying with my expectations and kind of leaving me with nothing to do is why I ended up no longer playing Saints Row 4. Like I ran out and that's the magic of Sims. You can't run out. Yeah, you're right about that. Sims that really let you do anything are better than stuff that tries to like force you into this to be to play a certain way that's why i never uh like playing something like the sims 3 or something 
uh, I would never make any progress because I'd just be like, I'm going to build my house and ignore everything else. And it's like, uh oh, but what about the Goss family? And don't you want to connect with these stories? And it's like, no, I really don't. <sighs> I do love video games. Oh, I should have used this chance to plug 100 foot robot golf. Damn, another opportunity wasted. The boys are in it. It's, it's sold enough. Yeah, it did sell enough. It's my favorite sports video game. <laughs> uh, uh, you talking about the scores of uh, D4. The score? Uh, the the reviews. Yeah, they were mostly positive, but Destructoid was really like, fuck yeah, it's the greatest game ever. Uh, let me read this part of the Wikipedia for the bouncer. With the consideration of his high-profile development team, as well as the fact it was a front-runner PS2 release, the bouncer was highly anticipated. However, the game was perceived as a disappointment by many and was largely seen as mediocre. I mean, it's it's Double Dragon, right? It's a beat-em-up, or is it like 3D? It's 3D. Oh, uh, so it's like, it's, like, uh, it's like Kingdom Hearts Streetwise, then. You gotta play the bouncer to get understand the Kingdom Hearts lore. I love it. Uh, okay. this, has, this has been a good episode. <laughs> yeah, not as much big pops of laughter, but I feel like we own some video games. I, I uh, laughed enough to, trying to explain the bouncer. It's such a... I'm, I'm so ready to watch. You said Matt played it? I'm super gonna track that yeah. down tonight. Yeah. He did the co one, unfortunately. I see. Oh, wow. I'm looking at the thumbnail, and yep, that's Matt in Kingdom Hearts clothes. <laughs> uh, go, okay. This has been uh, Wheeler, the podcast. I guess it's been Moxie. Yeah, at, of course. At, uh, uh, m- is it Mamoxie? <laughs> yeah, I say Mamoxie. It's Mamoxie.tumblr. Uh, I have something to plug if you're okay with that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, this 14th, uh, Valentine's Day, started like 5.30 in the afternoon. Uh, me and some other people are going to be on Twitch for a charity stream for uh, Reclaim of Minnesota. It's a trans charity here in America. We kind of... Uh, got excited after the whole H bomber guy stream and decided we were going to do what we could for our communities. Um, our host is going to be playing a bunch of Mario games, uh, kind of trying to complete them back to back to back for the marathon. And um, it's shaping up to be a good time. We've, uh, we've got the word out to a few places. We're about to get that big signal boost uh, on the gamers Reddit, uh, G-A-Y-M-E-R-S, because uh, they have like 100,000 people. Um, and yeah, we're just uh, we're gonna try and raise some money for charity on Valentine's Day. Uh, uh, so talk about that. Uh, give the like the uh, uh ah where the the where where it's gonna be streams. Yeah, it's uh, Twitch.tv slash Forget Holidays. That's Forget as in you don't remember it. Holidays as in Scrimbus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's been Wheeler the podcast. Thank y'all for listening. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
I think I'm about to get rickrolled. Hmm? I got rickrolled. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I um, I clicked a post that said Discord is shutting down as of February 2019 after investors cash out loss. Because <laughs> I like Discord and we're using it right now. And I was so scared I would lose it that I got Rickrolled in 2019. <laughs> 